Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Yester World Podcast. And joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Quinn. How's it going? Good. Uh, it's been a, been a little bit since we've had an episode. It's been a minute, as they say. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm sure most of uh, most of our listeners are probably expecting us to talk about Galaxy's Edge today. Um, we do have a, a Galaxy's Edge-centric podcast planned um, probably next week. Um, but this week we're going to be going over some other stuff because we have some stuff to catch up on because uh, we missed a, a week for the show. Um, and also we just... Technical difficulties. Uh, we, we, rec- we, started, we recorded the last one and just kept having a ton of issues and we pushed through it. But by the end, it would have been an editing nightmare to make it not jump all over the place. And so we decided to just kind of scrap it and, uh, um, and continue on with this one. Yeah, uh, we're not really exactly recording like uh, with the same topics or anything, but uh, we're just yeah, we're we're just not going to do the Galaxy's Edge until we actually have uh, a certain person on that we want to talk about it with, because neither Mark or myself have been there yet, um, and Mark's trying to avoid spoilers. I'm, I'm knee deep in trying, spoilers. trying. I'm, 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 I'm losing my uh, resi- my um, my motivation to do- not motivation. I'm losing my what's the word resilience. Willpower. I'm losing my willpower because from what I have seen, it looks just freaking amazing. Um, but obviously, I'm trying to stay away as much as I can, but I don't know how long, how much longer I can hold out for. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely both get there eventually because um, I'm excited to go, even if uh, even if I probably am going to have to wait a little bit. Um, but today, we're going to talk about the latest episode of Yesterworld, and uh, we're not hot off the heels of that episode, uh, but it is the latest episode as of recording this, uh, that being Alice in Wonderland. We're going to do a little bit of a recap on that, uh, talk about, uh, kind of do a little bit of a deep dive for a bit into Mark's latest episode, uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, Toy Story 4, which I didn't realize until just like yesterday was coming out this month. I still thought I had a bit of a wait, um, but me and Mark, for the most part, agree on a lot of things when it comes to movies, but in the case of Toy Story 4, I, I think we're pretty much polar opposites on uh, how we feel about <laughs> this sequel. Uh, so we're going to talk about that for a bit. And then I just wanted to, to give a quick PSA. Um, I think this was something I initially mentioned in last week's episode, um, which obviously didn't go up. Um, and it's something that will probably shock many of our viewers to the core. Um, but I, up until like last week, had not seen any of the like Disney Renaissance movies other than um, The Lion King. Um, so I, I'm working on watching all of those. I've now seen Lion King, Aladdin, Hercules, and Beauty and the Beast. I still need to see Pocahontas, Little Mermaid, Tarzan, and Mulan. I think I think that's all of them. Um, is Hunchback of Notre Dame a Renaissance movie? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure where the cutoff is because... I'm honestly not sure where the cutoff is. Um, I'd have to look. I know a lot of people consider, you know, Alan Menken a huge part of the Disney Renaissance because his music is absolutely beyond incredible. But I'd have to look up and see whether or not he composed Notre Dame or where the Renaissance cutoff period is because I know he's very closely associated with that. Well, I know that... As well as Katzenberg and everyone else. uh, The Rescuers 2 came out after The Little Mermaid, but I didn't include that because... It's sequel, and I think, like, I don't know, is it, I don't know if that counts. 
Uh, I, I haven't seen the original. Maybe I should just watch all of them. But my point was, after I see all of them, I, I'll probably at least bring up what I thought of some of those movies, because I feel like everybody's seen them on the planet but me, because I saw the new Aladdin before I actually saw the, the original one, which was a was a whole thing in the last podcast that, uh, well, we're, we're not, we're not going to get into that one today, um, but we're just going to dive right into Alice in Wonderland, um, Mark's latest episode, which uh, he uncovered a lot of pretty, especially visually, or you uncovered a lot of just really incredible stuff. Yeah, um, that's what I find really fascinating about all the, all the Fantasyland attractions at Disneyland is, again, one of, it, one of the things is that their goal was that visitors were taking on the role of the protagonist, and 90% of guests didn't understand that, because then it meant that aside from maybe hearing them or seeing them in the queue, you never saw the main character of these movies. So that alone kind of makes it an odd experience. But also they, they were all just, I mean, they're called dark rides, but they were very, quite literally dark. And I know it's a lot of it stems from uh, like the carnival influences and some of it's unintentional just because technology wise, they didn't have what they do now or what they had even a few years later that they could have a little bit. And also it's just, they were really rushed with all the attractions um, and on a low budget. And, and so they just didn't have, you know, the resources available to do what they initially wanted. Like with Peter Pan, it was supposed to be a little different, a little brighter in certain spots, I think. Um, but yeah, with Alice, especially when you go back to the unbuilt walkthrough, there's really, and when you look at all the blueprints or the brown lines, as they call them, there's really nothing like dark or sinister about it. Um, it's pretty much just scene highlights from the movie and you get to see all of your favorite characters. And then it got cut down a little bit and then the walkthrough was abandoned and then it became a dark ride. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they were trying to be more literal with the term dark ride and also just having to cut out a lot of the scenes that were present in the walkthrough that would have probably livened things up. But again, it's a lot of just, it was a new frontier. And I'm sure having the main character would have livened things up a lot. But Alice goes through some pretty scary situations. And when you're, same with Snow White and same with um, Peter Pan. And so when you are taking on the role of the protagonist, you are experiencing what they experienced. And they, they just kind of had to focus on eerie aspects because Cheshire Cat is a pretty eerie character. Um, the one that confuses me and I found the most fascinating is that they made the Cheshire, or not Cheshire Cat, um, where was my point? Oh yeah, the Mad Hatter and March Hare, they were so scary and like they made that scene so terrifying and they just look angry and I know why because they took it from the part of the movie where they are kind of upset at her for, you know, not rudely inviting herself and not being invited. And they're like, very, very rude. But it's pretty terrifying. And luckily, they made a few additions and changes in the 60s to make it a little less scary. But I love those attractions specifically in terms of researching, ugh, I can't talk today, researching, researching them and exploring them. It's just how little there is with them, you know, in terms of photographs or visuals. I never was able to find a video of anyone having taken inside of Alice in Wonderland, despite it being there until 1982, 83, when they worked on it to become the, you know, change it to what it is today. Obviously, it would have been almost impossible to see anything because cameras weren't, you know, they would have still been using eight millimeters back then. But 
I'm still surprised when there's just no video footage at all or film footage that hasn't surfaced somewhere. Um, if the Hatbox Ghost could have something pop up, you'd think there would be someone who videotaped or who filmed the, the ride. But there's enough visuals to tell the story, so, like photographs. I'm sure if it... Well, I'm sure if it became something like the Hatbox Ghost where people really cared about it and there was a hunt for you know, footage of something that was there till the 80s, it would pop up within a week. Very true, which is what has always bothered me in a way. Not like, um, bothered me in the sense that, or it bothers me to, to know that there's probably someone who filmed the original Pirates, or Pirates, the original Peter Pan, and maybe they, you know, maybe the lights were on and it turned out really great, or maybe there's someone who got Alice and got a few of those shots, or the original Snow White, and, you know, how many reels are sitting in people's attics of these attractions or even more of the Hatbox Ghost or, you know, the legendary Spiderweb Man from the uh, Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion. There's so many kind of mysteries, which is what I love and part of why I started the channel because I love mysteries in general, lore and myths and legends. But there's just so much that maybe there is a complete ride-through of um, Alice in Wonderland and... Even my upcoming video, which I'm finishing up on Adventure Through Inner Space, there's snippets here and there of people that recorded it. Um, but I guess there's rumors that before the ride closed, someone or some people were, I don't think it was Disney officially, but someone took like a 8mm camera or a, or something. They, I think they had videotape by then, by 1984, yeah, um, and wrote it with the lights off completely. Um, but that's never like surfaced. So I just love, I love that mystery to it. Like, Ooh, does it exist? Are there more photos? You know, like the sleeping beauty castle walkthrough, how there's only like one, well, publicly there's only like one photograph taken from within the actual attraction and the rest are just concept paintings. Cause it only, you know, that original version didn't last all that long, but maybe someone has it on, you know, eight millimeter in their attic somewhere or some photographs that they haven't developed and they got all of the, Alice in Wonderland stuff, because um, I just I did as best I can, but even I couldn't find everything when it came to pirates, pirates, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland, and everything. Well, I well I guess with something like like the Hatbox Ghost or the Spiderweb Man or whatever, though those I think if so, like there really was a like a hunt on, I, I don't think it would be a guarantee something would pop up because it probably does exist in someone's attic, but that doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, well the but the, the other big problem and I kind of mentioned is that, you know, eight millimeter cameras or 16 millimeter cameras or even early video um, recorders were not the best in low light. Um, well, sure. But something like yeah. Alice that was around for that long, I bet there are hundreds out there like of full ride throughs. They might not be great because, well, yeah, but because they did use black lighting. And I don't know that that's what I'd be curious to see, because. You know, I know I found one piece of film footage that I kind of shoehorned into one of my episodes because I was so stoked was um of the original a video taken from the people mover of the original um, Epcot model because there's like, you know, professional Disney footage of it. But I'd never found anyone who just took it as like a, a visitor riding the people mover. And even though you can barely tell what it is and I missed it like the first three times I watched it when you line up like the lights that do come through the darkness, it is, the, it is that model. So that's just cool. I love that kind of stuff, but it, I don't know how much of like 
Peter Pan or Snow White um, or Alice would have shown up on uh, camera back then, unless the lights were on in the case of Inner Space, because that's another one where it was super hard to see anything. Well, I'd be curious if, like, there's some, I mean, there probably is. There's probably amazing footage hiding right on YouTube that nobody's really uncovered from, I mean, every day there's probably dozens and dozens of old, you know, home videos that get uploaded to YouTube, and there's yeah. probably stuff sitting there that nobody sifted through that, I mean, isn't that, when the Hatbox Ghost, was that found on YouTube, or who, I, I can't remember exactly. No, it was, um, it was Disney History Institute, um, from what I recall, because that, that was one of another video that made me super excited and kind of inspired me to explore those kind of subjects, where I think he was just looking through some personal um, reels that he had filmed or his family had filmed. I think it was his family. I don't think it would have been him, but someone in his family or something had filmed, and he came across it. So that wasn't on YouTube before. Uh, that was that was the first and only video footage, to my knowledge, of it in the ride. But but I, I have I'll say maybe maybe there is some stuff still left on YouTube. But I, I swear I've I feel like I've gone through almost every video on YouTube between like 1955 and I don't know 1980 or something. You know, I've, like even for Inner Space, I, I've looked through just hundreds of videos trying to find more. Um, or anyone who filmed it. Uh, I found like one, but that's the easier one to find because it's more publicly known. Same with Alice and Peter Pan and all of them. I, I, I mean, I would just, usually just spend, end up spending like an entire day just going through all the random footage on Disneyland that people do, like trip and 1963 trip to Disneyland, you know, but, but where I do think it is, I don't know how much is on uh, YouTube because I feel like I've gone through everything, but on eBay, because you always see like random reels go up on eBay, so I imagine there's quite a bit left to uncover. That's what I was just, just selling say. them in batches. You know? Yeah, if you're ever at a garage sale and you see somebody selling their old uh, Disney tapes from the 50s or 60s, you should buy them because they're they're probably going to go in the trash if they don't sell. Because yeah. most people probably well, well, a lot of it probably just gets thrown away. There's probably been amazing footage that's gotten tossed in the trash. Oh yeah, like um retro. Walt Disney World or Retro WDW does amazing uh, video transfers of, uh, I think he does that, or, or she does that, I'm pretty sure it's a he though, um, where he goes on eBay and finds film reels and then cleans them up, and it's amazing footage, but to my knowledge, it's he, other than maybe one or two videos, I think almost all of it's Disney World, hence his name being Retro Disney World, um, not as much for Disneyland, so I've I've dabbled with the idea of doing that myself because there is a ton. Like there was one time I went up and I found, I think 10 different auctions for just like random, you know, Oh, here's a bunch of eight millimeter reels that my family took through 1960, blah, blah, blah. And it has like one that's Disneyland and the rest is just random, like beach material and, you know, countryside stuff, but they'll have like one Disneyland reel in there and I'm always uh, played around with the idea of doing that, you know, buying them on eBay and then um, making really good quality transfers of them, hoping maybe I can find some of these rides that I would love to see um, actual footage of if anything showed up. Yeah, I was definitely pretty fortunate with Country Bears because that was one where there was just a ton of, I, I mean, really, I mean, even from its early days, there was a lot of really great footage of that yeah. ride. I mean, project just Project Florida alone. There's just a ton of Country Bear stuff. 
So I didn't really struggle with that one, but I mean, I guess once you get into the 50s and 60s, it's a lot worse than even the, you know, mid to late 70s, I would imagine, for how much you're going to find. Yeah, like the only... Yeah, like the only video footage from Disneyland early, early, early attractions, the Fantasyland attractions that I've found, um, you know, they had a few highlight reels, um, but mostly those are just stills that they zoomed in on, so it's not really video footage. But there's there was a movie called 40 Pounds of Trouble that I used for Snow White because they, you know, filmed the actors going through a little bit of Mr. Toad, a little bit of Snow White, more of it was Snow White, which is I was ecstatic over finding. And I was just like, oh, why couldn't they have gone on Alice? But no, they only went on Mr. Toad, Snow White. They didn't go on Peter Pan either. Uh, they did, actually, but you only see them enter the building. They didn't show anything on the inside. And it's like, man, why couldn't they have just done every attraction? And, and who knows? Maybe, maybe the producers of that movie filmed other attractions, and it's sitting in a vault somewhere because I don't even think there's a Blu-ray of that movie. Note to self, I'm going to write those producers and ask them if they filmed any other scenes and uh, it's lying in a vault somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It makes, I guess that's the benefit. I mean, I mean, I know we've talked about this before where it's like, if you are to make a video about a new attraction, like there's just magnitudes of videos, hundreds, and especially anything right. from the past 10 years, there's probably hundreds uploaded every day. Um, oh, yeah. So there's really no hunt anymore. There's nothing, you know, every little detail is yeah. captured. There's no mystery to it. Um, but the, the benefit is, yeah, it's it's completely preserved. I mean, even if you go to the 90s, there's a lot of stuff, or early 2000s, I'd say even. There, there's a lot of stuff that was only there, like, for a brief time you'll never, never find a video of. I mean, for Stitch, I couldn't find, and I mean, to be fair, that was a one-time thing, but I could find no video of that opening day celebration and it was so frustrating because there was this page from 2003 um that was like oh click like there's 10 different links and all of them were like click here to watch the the video we captured every link was dead and it's like oh i I mean i wish they'd re-upload it somewhere those are the most frustrating things in my opinion or one of the most frustrating things in research where and there was some with great movie ride there's some ride where someone had you know images of this and then the links are dead just because if people aren't upkeeping their website and everyone, especially nowadays, like, I, you know, I had a Squarespace website, still a little miffed at this, but it's my own fault. But um, I went too long without uh, renewing my Yesterworld website, and I guess I had thought it was renewed. But either way, like after six months, they delete everything and they deleted it. And I was like one month short of being able to be like, no, I'm going to renew just to keep everything on there. Um, but that's the problem. Like people will post things and unless it's being, you know, maintained, sometimes archive, you know, sites have them, but there's a, imagine, so it's like, not only is there probably a ton of footage setting an attic somewhere, but there's probably a ton of footage that was on the internet at some point. And then it got taken down, you know, before YouTube, because back then it was like flash players and, um, things but luckily with inner space i found a few that i haven't seen anywhere on youtube but um the person must keep them up from where i got it from but just think of like i love that stuff i just i just love that stuff and that's kind of what one of the main things that made me want to cover theme park stuff and you know when from the yeti to the kilimanjaro safaris um 
the original version with like the Jeep that would chase you and shoot at you. And all of those, I just find that so fascinating, especially when there's so little information about it visually or, you know, otherwise. Well, just think of like, I mean, I think when you think of like short lived effects or whatever, your mind probably first goes to like Indiana Jones. Yeah. And nice effect, yeah. so many of those, or a lot of those effects, like, I mean, even the ones that were there for months, there's really not great footage of. Yeah. Um, but like, say with, with, with Galaxy's Edge, uh, say the, the Smuggler's Run, there's a few effects that are shut off after like a week. There's probably going to be thousands and thousands yeah. of videos of that, even if it's only live for a day. I mean, like, none of that, no, nothing is ever going to get lost at this point. I, at least I don't think. Like, even one-time events, there'll be 50 videos of. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, it is a good thing, but at the same time, like, I think a lot of the appeal to, like, history is, like, the, the air of mystery to a lot of it. And that's not really going to be a thing now that everybody has a incredible camera in their pocket. No, I, I 100% agree. And that's, I think I had that discussion with the Funkland once because it's a matter of, you know, in, in 50 years, okay, let's say, so we're in 2019. So a 50-year-old attraction in the 70s, um, that's a good range where it's like a lot of times it's hard to find footage of that. But in 50 years from now, so let's say 2070, and if I, I'm still on YouTube and you're doing like, uh, you know, researching something that opened now and that closes in 10 years. Again, there will there be that same level of interest in terms of history? Because there's, you know, going to be a million times more information on that particular ride or that particular event. And nowadays, even I think I brought up once the, you know, when the Tiki Room, I think it was the year 2000 or 2001 where like the A-frame outside of the, um, where you enter uh, into the lobby area with all the tiki gods, like the A-frame collapsed. And um, there's like a few photos of it, but that's it. I couldn't find it anything else. If that happened now, there'd be a billion websites reporting it and a million people uploading footage of this building collapsing in the middle of the day. But that wasn't even that long ago. That was only 20 years ago, you know? Well, that's what I mean. Like, even even when I was a kid, like, the cameras we had, like, you know, to record, like, like the video cameras, the handheld video cameras, we had to, like, record Christmas events and everything. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, sure there were, I mean, there were high-quality cameras out there, but 90% of families, probably 95. Yeah, you don't plug that into a, yeah. Well, even if they did, they didn't have a high-end camera. They had some, yeah. you know, and why, why would you lug that in? Because, I mean, that's that's a whole other discussion is how, like, you know, you go, I mean, I, I see it all the time at concerts and it kind of annoys me. Like when you pay a thousand dollars to sit in the front row seat and then you're watching the whole concert yeah. through your camera. Um, it's like, I'm sure there's going to be someone else who's recorded that. <laughs> I mean, I know there's that whole wanting it to be from you and a personal thing, but for me, it's like, you know, experience it and live in the moment. I don't, you know, take a picture here and there, record a sound bite or a video clip. But when people are just recording the whole thing, they're just then you might as well just watch it on your phone because you're not, you know. Well, not also I never anyone who does that. But I, I never just, watch back videos I take ever. Like occasionally I'll whip up my phone and try to take a video of something, and it's like I, I'll, I'll never watch it back. So I've just kind of stopped. But I mean, yeah, it does. I'll do it for like memories, like. 
Like I went to a Coldplay concert a long time ago, and I recorded a few of my favorite songs for a few seconds here and there. But I wanted to, you know, experience it, so I didn't spend the whole time recording it or taking a bunch of pictures. Um, but yeah, I think going back to your other thing, I think the other reason, and actually, I always had wondered why after a certain point, there's way less theme park footage. And you're probably right because back when people used eight millimeter cameras, those things were like super light. I mean, obviously you're dealing with film, which is more complicated, but it's more light and compact. But then when the first video recorders came out, those things were huge and bulky. So no one's going to be bringing those into a park or a concert or anything like that. You know, plus you'd probably be told not to bring it in because then it's like this huge camera that you're holding on a ride versus a little eight millimeter camera. So that probably has to do with it, too. I mean, I'm sure it just I, I don't know. I just I just I to me, it's almost funny, like thinking about, you know, pulling out one of those cameras on a ride and trying to trying to I, I mean, I know that I've watched like you know, Christmas or holiday videos of ours from right. when I was younger and they're terrible quality. I can't imagine how poor that quality would be on a moving ride. So, I mean, and also I think back then, like they're just, I think there was less of like that living through your, yeah. your cell phone type of like culture. So I don't think people did it nearly right. as often, uh, even if you well, could. And all, and, yeah. And not to get too nerdy, but um, another reason for the quality is that film is a lot easier to extract if if you're not like super overexposed or underexposed it's a lot easier to then like however many years later go back to the original films or uh, the original film or negatives or, or whatever you have available and get data off it which is why you see some incredible quality eight millimeter recordings of theme parks you don't really see too many incredible quality 90s 80s uh, camcorder quality because it's a lot harder to get a really good visual. Um, uh, it's a lot harder to get high image quality from those like camcorders versus film because it's a different process. So that's probably another thing, you know, like my camcorder that I filmed in the early 2000s. It looks terrible. Everything's super grainy, but there really wouldn't be that because I shot it on like a mini DV tape. But when you use film, you know, it's a lot easier to get a really high-quality image if it wasn't, like, a terrible film stock or whatever. So I never thought of that before. But Well, I would say the truth is probably even more so a bigger part of why there, there's so much less than just it being ridiculous to haul one in is that back then, nowadays people are filming to put it on Facebook or they're filming to impress right. people on social media. Back then, what were you filming for? To stick it in your cupboard and watch once a year? Like, there was there yeah. was no point unless you wanted to do exactly that. So, like, now people are, like, at concerts, yeah. people yeah. are filming to post it on Facebook or filming to do this or that, and that That's wasn't true. a thing. I mean... Yeah, you'd have to have a, you'd have to have a um, projection set up at your house. And, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people probably back then, it was just a, probably why I used to do it early on with my own mill camcorders to, you know, capture memories. But now that you're right, it is done for mostly a different purpose. It is to like share it. But I guess in a weird way, that's what people would do sometimes, you know, again, I, I'm a nineties kid, so I can't speak to this too much, but I feel like I've seen enough <laughs> movies and TV shows have 
back in the 60s and 50s where they'd invite friends over and go through their slides, show presentations of their trip to Europe, or they would invite people over and watch this, you know, they, the eight millimeter that they shot at, you know, the Grand Canyon. So it's like in a weird way, we're still sharing things, but we're doing it through the internet versus like having people over because that's the only reason you would, you know, take your, you know, spend the money on a eight millimeter camera and film stock and, record it and then get it developed and then buy a projector you know it wouldn't be just for you to go back and look at it you know the next day or something it's to share with family and friends yeah and uh not everybody could have one back then i i I don't think like now it's so accessible literally anyone can have a cell phone literally anyone can have a great quality camera um yeah we're we're completely which is why everything will be which is why everything will be captured i kind of diverted i think it because that one really i did cover there are certain attractions that I'll do, and I'm sure you've had this experience as well, where you don't get to cover everything you want to. And then you have ones where you pretty much do, and that was other than maybe covering a bit more about the the walkthrough versions and the other parks, I pretty much covered everything I wanted to. Well, there was that one section that I cut out that I'm going to save for another video where I'll just say it here because then if, if anyone has any information for or against it, um, I'm currently, or I'm going to be doing more research on it. I did a segment. Um, it sounds crazy, but everyone has always said that Mr. Toad is on, or, sorry. Everyone has always said, when you look at articles and a- anything going back to the original version and the new version, that Alice in Wonderland was built on top of Mr. Toad. And that when you're writing Alice in Wonderland, you're on top of Mr. Toad. Um, Again, call me crazy, but based on all the visual evidence I looked through, uh, blueprints, looking at the original space, uh, looking at the original show buildings for Peter Pan and Mr. Toad, seeing that they shared a, um, a maintenance tunnel, I do not think that Alice in Wonderland was ever built on top of Mr. Toad. It's a long story. I won't get into it too much, but pretty much I have a, a you know, I wanted to show that it was actually they built underground, like they built below, they constructed below ground level, and that became the first floor. So even though Alice in Wonderland goes into technically the show buildings of Mr. Toad and Peter Pan, it's actually going into their original maintenance tunnels, and it never actually goes on top of Mr. Toad or Peter Pan. But as Quinn and my girlfriend said when they were watching it, it was too much of an aside thing to it really detracted from the story and the narrative. And I just, I kept trying to get it in there, but in the end it was just, you know, just like filmmaking. If if you can cut something from your movie and it literally has no impact on the story, probably means it shouldn't be in there. And I was literally able to remove it and the story made, it didn't change the story one bit. So I'm going to save it for like a, like a, a five stories of myths and legends and um, things that people believe about certain attractions that aren't true also, so I can do a bit more research because it's something that I really want to be absolutely certain of before making a fool of myself if it turns out that I'm missing some weird detail. But that's really the only thing I didn't include in the episode just because everyone always says it's on top of Mr. Toad and everything I looked at, every angle of every photograph I could find, it uh, never seems to be on top of Mr. Toad. Uh, if anyone has any proof showing that, uh, tweet at me because i'm going to be doing research more on that in the in the for the future episode 
because I didn't want to drag down the whole episode for that in case, you know, turned out not to be true because I want to do more research. Yeah, Mark had like a Pepe Silvia from Always Sunny uh, segment of his video, Conspiracy Theory. Um, It was just too fat. It was for someone like, not to be like condescending, but for someone like you or even my girlfriend who they're into, they're, they're not quite as down the rabbit hole, pun intended, as as some theme park people are. So would it, it was just too hard to go over in like a minute and a half quick, like, oh, by the way, here's something I discovered. Oh, this is a myth and blah, blah. I, w- I needed to go way more into the whole thing, like why people say that, where it's being said, the context of what it's being said. Um, so I think you, you and my, my girlfriend made a you were absolutely correct in the fact that it just didn't need to be in there. Yeah, Mark has yeah, a three-part series uh, coming to the channel uh, just covering that. He's going to debunk it. He's Pretty heading out much. there with no, Jesse Ventura. It's going to be a... I'm not sure when I'll do it, but it's like five stories of you know myths, legends, and things. Um, one of them is going to be the... I think I mentioned it a few minutes ago, the spiderweb man, because there's a lot of evidence for it, but then there's evidence against it. And just doing some of those stories where there'll be like the Mr. Toad where it's more of a analysis kind of thing. And then also just going over some of the um, other, it'll be kind of like a mixed bag. Like it won't all be the same kind of subject, but I, I think I have four of them lined up Uh and I just need to find, like, a fifth one. Well, I Looking think forward to it, uh, There's a lot of them. I think we've went down the rabbit hole of Alice enough. Um, That's pretty much pretty much it. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, well, uh, if, if they, if they listened right. this far without That's having true. seen it, uh, that would be a little confusing to me, I think. Um, but we are going to talk about this little indie movie that's coming out this month. Um, it's called Toy Story 4. Um I am extremely excited for Toy Story 4. I can't wait to see it. Um, Mark does not feel the same way, which I was shocked and appalled to hear. Um, I am not looking forward to it. We haven't really talked about it much other than you said you aren't looking forward to it. Why are you so against it? (sighs) Because Toy Story 3, the original trilogy not even animation, just in terms of trilogy in general and in terms of movies, it's one of the best trilogies ever made. Toy Story 3 ended on such a perfect note because one of the hardest things to do, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie or a trilogy or whatever, whether it's a standalone movie or a trilogy, is you know sticking the landing. And especially when you have a beloved franchise like Toy Story, uh, a lot of pressure on them to get that right, and they just they nailed it. it. It's one of the best franchise endings of all time, in my opinion. It's so bittersweet, and the fact that I felt like just leave it alone. Like it's perfect, 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 perfect. And and then from the very beginning, it was like, oh, we're doing another one, and it's gonna be like you know, Woody and Bo Peep having an adventure. I was like, no, you you ended it so perfectly because now, like, if the movie turns out to be amazing, I'll eat my words. I will 100% eat my words because I want to love it. I'm just number one. The plot and the premise made me think, okay, this is straight to DVD video DVD. This is straight to iTunes or whatever kind of material 
To me, everything that I heard and everything I've seen thus far in the trailers. Now, of course, the animation looks incredible. Pixar always has amazing animation. I'm sure the voiceover work will be amazing and the music and everything. But in terms of like the story and the plot and everything that's going on, to me, it just looks like one of those straight to iTunes films that they've done in the past, like the short films where they've they've done a handful of them. To me, it does not look like something that should potentially ruin the perfect ending to uh, the trilogy. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's something where it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is the but kind of like what you were saying earlier, like then they almost have to make three more because then it's a trilogy and a movie, you know, I don't think it, they have to make just, three more. But I think if they're going to make or... four. They have to make five. Actually, yeah, they have to make they have to make five. If they're going to make four. If they left it on four, it would be annoying. And I don't think they will, um, because just from interviews already, if anybody has watched any of the interviews with like Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen, like every time they're asked, every time someone brings up like, oh, this is the last one, they, they kind of like clam up and they're like, ah. So I, I don't think it's the last one. Um, I, it would be really. And didn't didn't Pixar say? And I could be wrong, like a couple years ago or a year ago, like we're done with sequels for a while or something like that. Yeah, and they've been or doubling down on it lately. Like I think they doubled down just a few months ago, but they didn't say they're done with sequels forever. Forever. They just said they're done, they're focusing on original content now, and you know a lot of like clickbait, you know, articles and stuff are are headlining it as Pixar says no more sequels. Uh, but no, like there's there's gonna be. A, there's probably going but to be why? an Incredibles three. There's... Other than money, other than money, uh, Incredibles. I'll give that one up. I think I would love to see an Incredibles three personally. Yeah, me too. Again, trilogy. Um, other than money, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to sound like a snobby, but other than money, what is the reason for Toy Story four? If it turns out that it's just a movie that's not very good. You well, know, then. You, I mean, I will say, and I understand that not every single thread needs to be closed, but the one thing that was left open in Toy Story 3 where it's like, well, why did they do that was Bo Peep. I mean, I, I, mean, I remember being like, well, they just wrote her out because she was a pretty big part of the first two movies. Yeah, but that was, and again, I'm obviously not part of the production team, but I always assumed that was not, I would be very, very surprised if there was some kind of plan no i don't that, think oh so she was off doing this no i think i don't even remember i feel like there was a reason andy got rid but of that her. was oh is that, that was what? just it just in the beginning like andy got rid of bo peep that's it um she's just in the, toy really, story in toy two? story three she's in toy story two a lot two. okay i haven't seen them in a while but yeah so i don't know maybe they'd have uh, maybe I don't they think did have a plan, plan i don't know but i mean also like you know and I don't know how much of that's just PR, you know, BS or whatever. But, you know, Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks have been, like, saying, like, this... I, I will say, because they... Have you heard seen those uh, interviews where they both have said, like, the ending is just ridiculously emotional or whatever? Like... I think I saw something about how that. How can they top... How can they top Toy Story 3? I mean, I know that was, like, a ploy, not. like, you know, tug at your heartstrings. How can they top that ending, though? I don't mean the Andy thing. I mean the all the toys are going to die thing. Um, but how how can they top that Andy ending? Like, I don't really know. Those, I, don't, I always attribute that to PR. Like, look at, um, was it Terminator Genesis or whatever it was called, where James Cameron said something like, 
I don't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, this is like the definitive sequel or this is how something should have yeah. been. Like he was praising it so much and everyone's like, oh, he's the director of the the two original Amazing Ones. Uh, the second one's, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. And then it turned out to be just the one, I didn't see it, but I've, I've not heard anyone who liked it. So you got to be no, then you know, it's like, okay, he was just speaking from PR standpoint of being of being a producer well you know, he had very little to do with that movie though like but i have seen that yeah, i mean that kind of made me lose the, i won't lie that kind of made me lose a, quite a bit of respect for him because you just know like he did not believe that at all like he was just yeah you don't have someone as talented like i understand if he was like oh i enjoyed it but the way he was talking it up and his uh resume of films shows me that probably was not his uh, actual opinion of the movie Unless he saw a cut that no one else saw or something. Well, I mean, I know you said you didn't see it, but that's not a movie that, like, got destroyed in editing or anything like that. That's just a movie that, uh, at best, is just kind of schlock. Like, like, there's just no... I've seen that in our interview, too. Um, And also the... I mean, I'm going to... I don't know how you feel about the Terminator movies. I'm going to go see the new one. Um, I don't really have high hopes for it, but I hope it's good. I, I think if they do a Logan kind of, which I get the Logan vibe in a really? weird way. Really? From those trailers? Like, from the brand new one. I've only seen the one, so maybe I only saw the like more. Man, I thought those trailers drama. were terrible. Arnold's barely in it, though. Well, that's what I'm trailer. saying in terms of like the story, if it's some kind of mentor-mentee. I don't know. I, I just could see it. Not. I guess I'm not saying based off the literal trailer of what they show, but I'm saying if they pulled a Logan kind of thing where it's like, not necessarily a direct sequel prequel but it's like i don't know i I think yeah i don't know if you can pull i mean i don't i don't know if you mean like logan ending but just the feeling of it i guess like it just i don't know it didn't feel like another x-men movie it felt like its own thing but it was still connected to the x-men universe and it was just an amazing kind of standalone story on its own if they were able to do something like that without worrying about tying it in and making it you know, a direct sequel. I, I don't know if I'm making sense. Well, but just like I don't more know. Of it, you know. I actually can't remember how we got into Terminator. Um, but yeah. About how <laughs> oh, Toy because, Story and how they're I was saying, saying the, yeah, yeah, they were saying it was just ridiculously emotional. And uh, I, I know Tim Allen said like when they were doing their final day, they were filming the final scene. He could barely like get through it. I don't know. I think it'll probably. I I'm. If they aren't, I will say this. But but I'm convinced they are. So I'm not too worried about it. If they aren't hiding, like, a massive plot point from the trailers, then this movie is going to be a huge mess. But I think they are, because when you watch those trailers, the trailer gets over, and you're like, what is this movie even about? Is it just okay, about finding yeah. Sporky? But it can't be, because, I mean, if it is, I'll I'll eat my words. Um, but I think they're hiding something well, that's major. That's what I'm afraid of. Because the trailers I mean, are edited so weird. Like, you're I left know, like, what the, what's going problem. on? But that just makes me think they're hiding just... something. To me, it just everything looks like, I really come off like a cynic. It's just because I loved those originals so much. And it's not even a matter of, oh, why make, I don't know, just you end a trilogy so well. And it made, to me, it'd be different if it was like a, like an, like a, like a Hobbit situation, even though I didn't like the Hobbit movies um, really at all, except for the first one. We have Lord of the Rings, amazing film trilogy, my favorite movies of all time. It'd be different if they were like, oh, Lord of the Rings return Frodo to the Shire or something like that. That would have been a disaster. But 
doing and obviously I know it was a book, but doing The Hobbit, it's more forgivable because it's not like you're continuing the franchise after it had such a perfect ending for money. For this, I would rather have them do I don't know like a side. I mean, obviously it wouldn't garner as many people in the theater, I'm sure, but you know, instead of Toy Story, call it something else and kind of just make it its own thing that could have its own trilogy rather than making it like, oh, hey, we had this perfect trilogy and we accomplished one of the most impressive feats of animated history in terms of the story structure and everything. We're going to take a risk with the fourth one that's just, I, I don't know, everything I've seen and heard in the trailer, just none of the jokes land for me personally. Um I just, I don't know, everything looks like recycled from the original movies. I remember I was watching it once. I was like, all right, that's from Toy Story 1. That's from Toy Story 2. That's from Toy Story 1. That's from Toy Story 3. And it just felt like something that should go straight. I don't know, to me, it just seemed like a long, short film. Like, you know, can't you just see that as a short film? Or like... Bonnie creates Sporky or whatever. Or you mean sporky. like one of the Toy Story 2 ones or whatever? Y- yeah. I like, could, but that's only if that's all the movie's about. And... But I don't think it is. I really... Well, if it isn't, I think what's going to happen... See them. Can I make a bold prediction here? All right. Sure. This is going to be bold. All right. Actually not, because I think everybody thinks this. I think Boba Fett's going to... Or Boba Fett. I think Bo that Peep... Would be, that would be... That, that would be, be crazy. That would be a bold... Crossover. Um, I think Bo Peep is going to turn out to, like, be evil and, like, turn on Woody. Yeah. I think that's what they're hiding. Um, but they're just, there has to be, there has to be, I, I just trust that group too much. And I, you know, John Laster, I know he obviously is. I did is, until Cars 2. That's when I lost my, I mean, I love Pixar. I love Pixar. I, like, wait, I, I used to dream about working there. I said Cars, Cars 2? 2. I said they lost me at Cars 2. Wasn't that Where, you know. It, wasn't it was awful. Bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't Cars good. Was terrible. It wasn't that. It's not bad. good. It's terrible. You had iconic characters like Finn McMissile, Holly Shiftwell. I mean, when you think of iconic Pixar characters, I hate are, it. Those are who you think of. I didn't think it was. That I didn't bad. hate it's it. Not good. I, I never. I don't like using the word hate, uh, but I, 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 I really, really got no enjoyment out of Cars Two. Um, again. I thought it would have been, been made a great straight to... I don't know why I say... What's the term now? It's not straight to DVD. Is it just straight to digital or something? I think people straight still say straight to DVD, don't they? I mean, when people talk uh, about yes. all Bruce Willis's new movies, they, stay, they say straight like to a, DVD. I don't want to sound like an old man. Cause straight I to Redbox. I don't know. The first, I think the first two DVDs I ever had was Shrek and uh, The Phantom Menace. Probably in the other order, but... um. Anyways, Cars 2 felt like that. I was like, this should not be a theater, theatrical released movie. Again, every Pixar movie has incredible animation, really good voice work, great music. So it's not, it's always just the story. And they've had, you know, not many misses. So obviously I'm not like, oh, I'm worried about all their future movies. Because, you know, I really loved Incredible. Actually, really liked Incredibles, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Incredibles 2. And I was worried about that one. But again, it didn't have like the perfect trilogy, and then they're like, "Hey, because money and merchandise, we're gonna sell those new toys of Bo Peep and the new toys of Sporky, which I'm sure will be a toy, and it'll be like the most ironic toy because like you could make that for like five cents, and they'll probably be selling them. And I don't know, I'm probably, I'll put it, I'll, I'll agree with you there. If there's nothing, or if there's something they're hiding, 
and it's going to pull like a um what was a movie that did that recently i was uh, just trying to think of another because there was another movie where was that it? was like a huge like misdirect um Kind of like an Avengers or, I mean, endgame. I, yeah, Endgame's you know. a good example. Or I mean, even, uh, I was just going to say Force Awakens, where, like, you know, it makes you think the whole movie is centered on Finn and Rey is not the main character. And then you watch the movie, you know, they should, they marketed it as Finn so has the lightsaber. You know, Rey was just the sidekick, and then that's not what how happened at all. How much of that, because I've wondered, um, how much of that do you think was them trying to do misdirection versus them being afraid of backlash from all the Star Wars fans not being excited about having a female lead because people got so upset when they a lot of the I'm sorry if you have that opinion you need to kind of uh, uh, get uh, get your head out of yourself but um, I know a lot of people were so upset like, oh, I don't want a female lead in my movie my Star Wars movie I guess I never um, even I considered care. that um, maybe. so was it marketing or so like do you think it was them being afraid like oh we can't do this too early because all the Star Wars fans that are like that mindset are going to be angry. Or do you think it was a legitimate misdirection? I, I don't know. I, I think it was, I, it could have been that. I do remember that. But I, I, I more think it was actually like a misdirection on purpose just because, you know, if they, if they intro it with Ray on a desert planet, um, you know, Ray's on a desert planet. Uh, she has Luke's old lightsaber. Everybody's just gonna think, "Oh, that's Luke's daughter," and then you watch the movie, and that's not it at all. I think it was meant to actually surprise you, instead, because I think they knew that the movie was a remake of A New Hope. You know, like I think they right. knew the movie beat for beat, plot wise, is pretty much A New Hope. So they needed to not give away everything in the trailer about the characters. Yeah. So at least then, like, I, I think that really was, when I watched the movie for the first time, I was surprised enough by where the characters went that I didn't think about it being a New Hope remake while watching it. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, my second viewing that I was like, oh, I just watched episode four again with different characters. Yeah. I think that was it. I mean, I remember even, um, I had, like, I, I got given it as a gift or something, but I got the Monopoly, like, Force Awakens edition. And even in that, Ray wasn't one of the pawn, the pawns at all. It was Finn with a lightsaber. Like it went yeah. so far as like they were just not putting Finn on uh, Ray on boxes. I remember there was this huge controversy because like their main line of toys, there was no Ray yeah, figure. Yeah, I remember that. Like it, it really went. You could be right. It could have been just to, you know, try to avoid a backlash because they definitely didn't want that to start up their franchise. Because yeah. I remember like every toy store or you go into like a Target. And, you know, it was usually, like, Finn at the very front. Um, Phasma. And, yeah, it was kind of Tons weird, of Phasmas, even though she was in the movie for 28 seconds. Yeah, well, to avoid going down a Star Wars <laughs> rabbit hole, because, you know, I can I can do that. And uh, people are probably like, no, no, not again, not again. Because, uh, yeah. But, so, I don't know. Maybe they're hiding something. Maybe. And, again, I'm not the kind of person that if I'm not... I kind of, ex- what is it, um, expect the worst, hope for the best. Um, I'm not the type to where, you know, I'm just, I, I go in and I'm, like, not going to enjoy it. Because I know people like that where they don't want to like the movie because they don't want to change their opinion or they don't want to come off as, you know, like being wrong. I like to be proven wrong when it comes to things like this because I want to enjoy a movie 
And I, I hope Toy Story 4 is an amazing movie. And I go, okay, this is the reason why they made it. And But as of now, I just feel like the reason they made it is to, you know, milk the franchise when it was already the perfect ending. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, like maybe they are hiding something. But I do agree. I think both people end up being a villain. It just, it seems, I don't know why I get that feeling every time I've seen the trailer. I just wonder if they're going to split up Buzz and Woody at the end. Do you think that's what the emotional thing they're going for is? Like, Bo Peep kind of ends up being, like, not a villain villain, but, like, a faux villain in which, like, she wants... She becomes the antagonist to, like, Buzz because she wants... Like like an X-Men first class where it's, like, they're kind of not villains, like, you know, Magneto and all them, but they forces uh what's her face to choose well I, his side i, I didn't want to no i i don't i don't know if Volpeep's gonna be like magneto i know that's not what you meant but um i just meant like Bo Peep will be framed as the villain to the rest of the toys because she wants woody to stay there with her at the the carnival or like near the carnival where they are um you know to like she's not actually a villain she just wants Bo. she wants woody to you know, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? So, like, she's the villain to all the toys other than Woody because she's the one trying to split them up. And then at the end, do you think the big emotional thing is Buzz and Woody are going to split up? That could be. Um, again, I just don't know how you're going to top not only that whole um, not garbage disposal, but, you know, like the incinerator scene of Toy Story 3, which is probably one of the most heart-wrenching scenes I've ever seen in an animated movie uh, aside from Mufasa or something like that. But that scene is like so bold, in my opinion, because it's like that's pretty bold. See, that's I was gonna say something else. Bold for a kids' movie <laughs> to show that's these toys um, on their way to the incinerator and holding hands. And like, I remember in the theater being like, "What am I watching? This is not for kids." I'd be crying if I was a kid. I mean, I was. But then they, yeah. but then they hit another home run with the last scene. So it's like, why even take that risk? Well, I gotta ask you though. Knew, that is that's the scene that like of any of the Toy Story the first three Toy Stories that's the scene a lot of people hate, like they have a huge problem with is that incinerator scene. Hmm. Did you know that? Like well, a lot of people hate that scene because they feel like it's. I see it all the time because they feel like it's so manipulative. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm easily no. I don't know. Like I never felt that way, and when I've watched it, I felt like they just. I liked that it just showed, kind of got like a. Like, for instance, Film Theory released a episode recently about the, – the episode wasn't all about this, but it brought up how, like – sounds kind of morbid, but how can toys die? Because they show, like, Sid's toys being maimed and beaten and abused, and they're still alive, even though a lot of them are from, like – there are toys they show from, like, the 50s and 60s that are, you know, alive. So it shows that you can lose limbs and things, and it, and the toy will still go on and on. So it's like – to me, that's the only way they could, like, die in terms of that because, you know, like, some of Sid's toys had, like, nails through their heads and missing limbs, and they're still hopping around. So it was, like, the ultimate, you know, if it was, like, oh, they're going to get run over by a bus, that wouldn't have mattered because a you knew they The toy dies in the fine, first movie, you know? though. How are you forgetting about Combat Carl, Mark? Well, again, explosion, fire, dismember, you know, but hey, he might be hopping around. Maybe pieces of him are around. Franchise hasn't been the um, same since. I don't know. I like sequels yeah, more. I, than I you. like that scene. I think I just like sequels really, more than yeah. you. I don't know. I, I'm a person. I, I, I for a few months I was completely scarred from the Cursed Child. You know, like I always wanted a follow up to Harry Potter. I know you didn't need one, 
the books are amazing and that's how i feel i've always i feel like i have the books nothing's gonna change the books you know um even a stupid follow-up where they go back in time to the books and change stuff in the books that that the cursed child was horrible and i was scarred for it for a little bit but when you get those good sequels that actually add something, I don't know. It's worth it, and I just don't I think. Mean, if it does, I don't then, think yeah. they can I mean, ruin the trilogy, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they can do anything to like. Well, no, they can't. Especially just, with uh, those characters, you know what I mean? Like, they're not like. You know, it's not. This isn't Lord of the Rings, or you know, a, a, you know, something where the characters you you love them and everything, but they, it's not something like like Game of Thrones, where if they mess up Woody's arc. I don't think no. they can mess up Woody's arc unless, like, they just do something ridiculous, you know? I mean, I guess a good way to compare it is, um, like, Scrubs. I don't know if you ever watched it, but I'm going to get this wrong because I, I think it was seasons. I think there were eight seasons. I, I could have been wrong. And eight was wrong, the one that was, one. like, not supposed to, was supposed to be a new show, and then they just called it Scrubs no, anyways, well, right? It's uh, it's one of them where, anyways, there was X amount of seasons, one through eight or whatever, that were all amazing. Like, I love Scrubs. And it had one of the best um, television finales of all time, in my opinion. It was one of the few times I was like, okay, that was about as good as you could do. I was so satisfied with it. And then they made another season. The director or the creator did not want to make it. He wanted to call it something else, like med school something something. But the I think the network was like, no, you have to do it. I don't remember the whole story. But it was not the worst thing in the world, but it was pretty awful. It was pretty bad. Um so, yeah, it didn't ruin the original Scrubs, but it did ruin it from saying, like, oh, it had the best finale of all time. Because then you look at that other season and it just kind of tarnished its reputation. And so I don't want that to happen where they're making Toy Story 5 and they're all kind of just mediocre. It's like, no, you had perfect I, I trilogy. Just yeah. move on. New stories. New, you know, do a spinoff. I don't know. I guess I just, um, that Scrubs was a spinoff. So. I can't think of many. Scrubs is a spinoff of what? No, I mean the the last season oh, was technically okay. a spinoff. They just called it Scrubs, so that's that was really the only thing I had an issue with was, and again I I, I watched it years after it was done, but I think the creator wanted to just call it Scrubs Med School. Complete. I've heard it a million times. People talk. Yeah, about it, it was supposed he wanted to call it something completely different, or just, or just Med School or whatever. But the network's like, no, we have to call it Scrubs, and he really didn't like that. And so yeah, like yeah, it doesn't ruin the original seasons one through eight or whatever but um i don't know i just i I don't need it and i mean if it is an amazing movie then great and i'll take back everything i say and i'll be excited for the next one but um i'm just uh very i don't know i just i I understand not looking forward to it like i'll say i mean i am if it's good the only tv show or movie i can think of at least off the top of my head where the ending ruined like, the whole experience for me is How I Met Your Mother. Like, uh, you know, I won't say how it ended or anything, but that that is a show where I saw the ending, and now I... And I think you still rewatch it. But after I watched the ending, I just never wanted to watch the rest of the show. Like, that was a show where the ending was just so bad, I've just never rewatched it. But, like, you know, we spot, we talked about Terminator earlier. I mean, man, Terminator 3 is, like, kind of schlocky, stupid, but I kind of enjoy it. I mean, it's not a good movie. And then Terminator 4 is pretty dumb and not great and then terminator 5 is also just really bad but yeah, those don't ruin I, the I first really two for me them. like i don't know i still love the first two like i guess for me it's mainly just because that it was such a perfect finale to me maybe maybe this is part of it that 
in a weird way, I almost don't want to see any more. Like, these characters had, to me, the perfect resolution. I don't want to see more of them. I like that last remaining idea being that they found a new home and they're going to be loved by this new um, girl. I don't know. I just, I don't, I didn't want or feel the need to see any more of that. I was already, you know, it's like having a really amazing meal. Like, you have the best meal. And then someone's like, oh, do you want this extra breadstick? It's like, no, that was perfect what I just had. Even if they're like, oh, well, you want this amazing ice cream? Yeah, like, like getting the appetizer no, after no. the meal. I, I understand. Yeah, it's just it's just like that's really what it is where it's like I, I'm, I was beyond satisfied and happy. And I just yeah, – it wouldn't ruin him for me, obviously. Like there's very few ways to ruin um, shows. Uh, Game of Thrones comes close <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, when it, it's just like – when things happen as a resolution of characters, then I don't know if I were to rewatch Game of Thrones, I don't know how that would affect me knowing where they end up, but obviously I won't Ain't go nothing. down that road. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'll see it, I'm sure. Um, I'm just not... I don't know. The trailers just have not won me over whatsoever. I do agree with you on the on the trailers. I, I actually... I, I remember I was at the airport when the first one dropped, and I, I, I watched it, and I remember thinking, like, what did I just watch? Like, it really is just a yeah. kind of bizarre trailer. But I, I will say to your point, like, you want your last memory of them to be, you know, them getting adopted by the new kid. They've done, like, ten adventures with them at that house already, you know, set after Toy Story yeah, 3. I guess I just mean film-wise, and maybe no one cares. To me, it's just a different, you know, form of uh, storytelling. I don't mind if there are a bunch of side things, because I don't really... I know they're canon, but I, I don't <laughs> Toy know. Toy Story canon. I, I don't know. It's just different to me. It'd be like it'd be like if they made the perfect trilogy and then they had a bunch of comic book adaptations. Like I don't care about that. I had the perfect film theatrically released experience, and I don't know. Like I said, maybe it'll be I don't think amazing, and I'll be eating all my words and being like, okay, this is the best. Maybe I'll be saying this is this is the best example of when to make a movie after a trilogy because they had the best story and they couldn't not make this movie because it was so amazing. And I want I want that to be the case. Um, but I I don't know. I'm very. Eh, I don't know. I'm not sure when the reviews will start coming around. Probably in the next. Well, if they don't weeks. come out before the movie, we know it's bad. So. Like if they don't allow reviews before the movie actually released. Then, then we'll know what's yeah. bad. Well, that's what they did. I think Aladdin's came out a day before. Yeah, it wasn't long Ish. before because I don't really remember anything negative, and I'm sure they don't. They don't want that. I do. Before we before we wrap this up, I do want to ask you because we briefly talked about it at the beginning of the Pixar like movies. Which ones would you be okay, or which ones wouldn't you roll your eyes and be upset if they announced another sequel to, or just a sequel in general? Uh, Incredibles. I think they're already making well. Yeah, Incredibles, I wouldn't care. The Good Dinosaur, just because I wasn't a fan of that movie. It was fine. I just, I it was very underwhelming. It. Um, it's fine. Like, that's, you know, the animation's really great. Although I didn't, that one was weird because it felt like the photorealism of the environments were kind of odd sometimes. Better with than the Cars characters. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah, way better. Because at least it was a an original story, and it wasn't like every joke. I was rolling my eyes for Cars. Uh, Cars, I wouldn't 
Now, I, I will say, and I'm surprised I haven't. I need to watch it like soon, but I haven't seen Cars 3 all the way through. So I need to see that before I can judge on whether I want or could want another one. Um, Ratatouille I'd be fine with. Really? Um, that's a weird one. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite that's Pixar all... movie. That would be one yeah. where I'd be like, why did you make a sequel to that? I wouldn't be mad, but I would. that would be yeah. one where it's like, why did you make a sequel to that? Because that's my favorite Pixar your... movie by far. Yeah, I think maybe the, the easier way is to say which ones I wouldn't be okay with because it's really just Toy Story and probably Wally. How about Finding Those... Marlin? Are you down for Finding Marlin? I just already assumed there, and I actually did. I enjoyed Finding Dory for what it was. Um, I I laughed a lot more at that than I thought I would. I enjoyed it. It was it was a nice, cute little movie. Baby Dory was one of the most adorable animated characters ever. But yeah, really, just I'd say Wally. I would not want to see another again amazing movie, and I don't want to see how they rebuild Earth. I want to end with. Knowing that they're going to rebuild or re spoilers, or they show it in the titles. Spoilers they do. for they Wally. Yeah, they showed in the credits them bringing Earth back to life or whatever. So Wally, Toy Story, and unless I'm spacing, that's really I think the only. What well, Bugs Life? I'm trying to think. Would it ruin Bugs Life for you? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Not written. I don't know. I wouldn't Brave? want to. That I'd be a gray. Brave, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Brave. Like, I recognize that it's a, it was a very well-made movie. It just didn't really resonate with me. Um, I know one, Up. That, yeah, no, don't do Up. Huh. I don't know why I'm I don't want to see Down ever. Right now. Um, That'd be funny, though. I was just wondering, because I know you're... I don't know, I'm pretty open to sequels for most things. Like Again, I wouldn't mind seeing an Up short or an Up something like the you know the kind of uh, side adventures of doug and they may even have one i don't know of uh the kid and the i'm terrible with names the was it frank no not frank uh What's kevin name the bird Greg? kevin, kevin doug no, and the, russell the old kevin doug russell and oh the the old man uh why am i spacing? what is the old no. man's name I'll look it up uh, old man up uh, frank no it might be frank, frank. Howard? No. No. Carl? Carl, that's it. Um, I don't know why. I'm terrible, terrible with names. I can watch a, I can watch a series and like by season three or four, unless they're constantly saying the name over and over again, I'll be like, I, I still don't remember what their names are. Um, but yeah, so I guess just Wally, Toy Story, maybe. Bugs Life? I don't know. That'll I'd, never I'm happen, though. I don't know. I'm indifferent. <laughs> the ones I'd yeah, like to won't. see a sequel to, though, are, like... I mean, I Cars... I think they should just keep making Cars movies because they already kind of screwed the pooch with Cars 2. And, you know, the first Cars, I like it, but it's not, you know... I, I, I mean, I just think Cars is one. They could just keep making them just to sell toys, and the movies are pretty good. I, like, I like the first one. I like the third yeah. one. Monsters, Inc., why, why is there no Monsters, Inc. sequel? And now they're doing a sequel, but it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. And it's like, can't you just give See, that's, a sequel series? And that's one where... Actually, I'll check that back. Because I remember at first, I was again like, no, why? It was such a great movie. But I actually wanted to see more about how they got to where they were. So I guess it's a prequel kind of thing. There are some movies where you don't mind them doing it as long as it's a prequel. 
And I don't, I only saw it the one time in theaters, I think, but I enjoyed Monsters University. It wasn't nearly as good as, you know, the original, but. It's pretty middle of the road for Pixar movies, I'd say. But I just think that's the one that should have got a sequel the most out of like any Pixar movie other than Toy Story. Like. Yeah, but what would they do with it now? The laughing, like, you know, I don't know. They'd have to have another I think they could make an amazing movie centered around like boo not centered around boo but like boo when she's grown up and like uh sully and mike are older and they've been doing it for 20 years or whatever i think they could do something really great with that um something really like touching and i'll be yeah. surprised because it frustrates me now that they're they are doing from what i understand it's going to be a sequel series on disney plus i can't imagine it's going to have anywhere near the level of animation of an actual pixar movie and I hope I hope it's yeah. I hope it's not like 2D like ugh I'm gonna hate that if it is, um, but yeah Monsters I Inc Inside Out think so. I think it'd have a good sequel, Cars Oh yeah that's another keep one keep going I think I don't I don't know why like it's like <laughs> maybe because they've done so many that I sometimes forget some of them but yeah Inside Out would have a, be a I I actually thought they were gonna make a, a sequel at some point. I would like to see one from that. I guess it's because I'm I'm talking about like the classic Pixar early generation stuff and then later on there's really none that i wouldn't not want to see a sequel from so i almost don't i don't know the first you know however many movies are the ones i always kind of think about but yeah i loved inside out and i would be very interested in a in a sequel i mean that's one where there's just a million ideas you could go with i'd want them to you know only do it you know in a perfect world only do a sequel or a prequel if it's a story that needs to be told, but that's not how, you know, uh, it's not how Hollywood works. Well, uh, well, we'll, we'll, I mean, it comes out like, like the 25th or something like that. Um, so I definitely want to talk about it when it comes out because Toy Story, those movies were like the foundation of my childhood. Um, and I remember seeing the third one when I was like 12 or something. So it's like, that franchise just hit me, you know? Like, I had the first two growing up, and then the third one hit me, like, right when I was kind of growing out of that kind of movie. But, like, still, I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. I hope they don't screw it yeah, up. Cause I was I obsessed with Toy Story 1. That Like, that's another reason why, probably, because <clears throat> it was very hard to pull off making a perfect trilogy, because those movies are amazing. And I, I was obsessed with Toy Story as a kid. I had every video game, I had every toy, I had every poster you know whatever so that's probably why i'm more but the third um, movie had took a huge nosedive on rotten tomatoes mark yeah what is it like the first two both have 100 percent. toy story 3 only has 99 um so they've already kind of how many reviews are there that's the other i think there's one negative review so there's one guy out there that's just ruining it and you know what he probably just I feel like if you're like that, then you're probably just doing it. Cause here, and I've ranted about Rotten Tomatoes because people just don't understand how it works. It's not a ra- If you want a good baseline of like the rating, go to Metacritic, you know, where they take the ones and the tens and the fives or whatever and aggregate it into a median or whatever, um, into a, an average. They do that with you know critic scores and and user scores. Rotten Tomatoes is on a based on a basis of yay or nay fresh or rotten so the percentage is based off again you could have a 100% positive fresh movie and that only means that everyone just kind of liked it you know it doesn't mean that it's people tend to forget that 
you know, when they see like, oh, because I, I don't know, that's my kind of pet peeve. Because it is sometimes like, oh, it has a, you know, a 99% is the best movie ever. It's like, well, that just kind of me, even though that means, you know, it's probably still a really amazing movie. And I, I go off of Rotten Tomatoes as well, so I'm a bit of a hypocrite. But people need to keep in mind that a movie could get all threes out of fives or 3.5s out of fives. And it would get 100% because it's all fresh. Same with rotten movies. If everyone just kind of... That's what I think happened with Glass, in my opinion. Not to go too much on a tangent, but because of that really bad last 20 minutes. Um, I understand if people didn't like the movie, but for me, I felt like just because everyone ended it going like, it was good, but it had a horrible ending, so I can't give it a fresh, that that's kind of what gave it such a horrible Rotten Tomatoes score. I mean, I um, wouldn't have given that it, movie a... a fresh review to be honest oh i would have overall i wouldn't have yeah. i don't know that ending was just it was pretty awful so rough. but that's what i'm saying i feel like because everyone probably gave it a rotten based on that then it looks like it's like the worst movie ever made but i don't know so that that's what you have to take into account with rotten tomatoes that it's not all you know a fresh could be i think it's between three and five is a fresh and then below three so like 2.9 to one so people i don't know i think there's a a kind of a weird misconception about how it works sometimes that it's not like you know metacritics that's why you'll see a movie like rocket man have a 90 percent which uh assuming you're age appropriate i highly recommend rocket man because it was a very very uh good movie in my opinion and way better than bohemian rhapsody by a long run Um, you want to hear the one bad review of Toy Story? Yeah, Toy Story 3. Sure. It says, you can you intellectualize and even defend the reasons why this film is disappointing, but that doesn't stop it being disappointing. By Ryan Gilby. I don't know. A lot of the negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are just so wordy, you know? Like, they use so many... If you got to <laughs> use the word intellectualize dumb. in the first three words of your review, that's uh, a yikes for me. That's one of... I will say, as someone who... I'm more of a film critic mentality. I don't like it when reviewers just constantly use a bunch of big words and try to sound overly smart and and complicated. It's like, just give your opinion. It doesn't have to be, you know, if I were to quantify my emotional attachment to the moving picture, you know, it's like just there's ways to do it without coming across as kind of pretentious sometimes, which is why I love reviewers like Jeremy Johns. Um, I think it's really hard not to come across as pretentious if you're gonna if you're gonna do that when you know already you have a super negative super unpopular opinion. So when you come out of the gate with something like that, like people are just gonna instantly tune you out. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I try. I think we've uh, I think we've talked about Toy Story four enough. Unless you had uh, one last uh, thing to say. Nope. Like I said, I kind of have a uh, hope for the best, expect the worst kind of mentality. I want to love it. If I end up loving it, great. Um, I just, based on the trailers and the story and my feelings on the original trilogy, again, I'm sure the animation will be incredible. You know, that's always a, you know, I'm sure it'll be entertaining at the very least. Like, I doubt I'll be like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It won't be like Cars 2 where I was just, there were no enjoyment for me, I don't think, unless I blocked out something. Uh, I just don't remember really liking anything in that movie um well uh, so yeah i don't i don't think i'll hate it but well for those of you uh that made it to the very end thanks uh thanks for listening 
Um, if you could take a second and leave a review of the podcast, we'd appreciate it. We're planning on um, starting to read some reviews on the podcast at some point. Um, uh, so, yeah, if you could leave a review, we'll, we'll try to read yours off in one of the podcasts. Um, we'll have another episode next week, uh, hopefully talking about Galaxy's Edge, just depending on scheduling and stuff. Uh, but either way, we'll have an episode up. Um, Mark has a video going up this weekend. Mine the next. Uh, anything else? I think that's pretty much it for uh, right now. And yeah, if, if you can uh, leave review, uh, you know, it really helps us out to get actual reviews or ratings on iTunes because it's something that um, helps push the the podcast out there. So we would very much appreciate it. Yeah, thank you everyone for watching, and we'll see you next week. Right. Oh, I thought you were gonna say bye. Oh, bye guys. There we go. Adios, amigos.